0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for part two of our conversation with Dr. Ann Parr. As a recap, Dr. Parr is a spinal cord injury research scientist at the University of Minnesota. Joining me as co-host is Rich Sluice, a board member for MCPF. At the tail end of last episode, we were hearing about the breakthrough research going on in Dr. Parr's lab called epidermal stimulation. Today, however, she's going to focus a little bit more on the research going on around the world. So... Without further ado, let's get into it. Based on the research your team is doing and the projects you're working on currently, um, I guess what percentage do you, would you say are focused on this kind of immediate um, solution? Or how many of them are more focused on that long term? You know, we're hoping that this makes a change 20 years down the road mm-hmm. um, versus tomorrow. So, how do you guys break that down um, where you're working today?
1: So I would say that the research, my research is really in two very different areas. And one is the epidural stimulation. Um, We're launching a new clinical trial shortly um, uh, for cervical patients uh, on epidural stimulation. Um, And so we're just kind of getting all the paperwork and everything uh, together for that study. And then the, the things that go on in my lab are more basic science. And even those are sort of divided into a couple of different areas. Um, one area that's more translational is we're doing some 3d printing work, Mm -hmm. um, where we're print 3d printing scaffolds, uh, and we're 3d printing the cells right into the scaffolds. Um, and we've discovered that by doing it this way, they actually form these things called organoids, which is basically mini spinal cords on a dish. Mm, So we found that they sort of auto assemble when you print them in this 3d scaffold, which is really exciting for us. So, um, there are some scaffolds. That are in clinical trial now from other groups, not with cells in them, but without cells. Um, so that's sort of moving forward. Is that sort that of like area. a
2: bridge, like a really small bridge, yes. of sorts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Is so that the for idea
0: complete severed spinal cords or no, for,
1: no, okay. it's it's actually for for contused spinal cords. Um, and so that gets into like a whole other issue of cutting into the spinal cord to insert the the mm. device, um, but. Um, But I think it's it's possible. That's one of the studies right now that's ongoing. They've been cutting into the spinal cord. So it is, like I say, it's possible.
0: And is there anything, I guess, currently in your research outside of what we've already talked about that you're particularly jazzed about or like is showing an incredible amount of promise that that you can't wait for time to hurry up and give you more answers or (laughs) where, where are you at? Kind of like, is there any one particular point in research that you're particularly excited about?
1: Well, I I think the epidural stimulation stuff is jazzing me up a lot right now. Um, you know, so we're excited, like I say, to move forward with our studies. And there are a couple of other groups and it's like, I say, there's not a lot of people out there doing this right now. Um, but I think more people are looking at starting these studies, which I think is really important. Um, there's a group in, um, in Europe that, um, uh, Gregoire Cortine um, is a name to keep your eye on. Uh, he's doing some really good uh, research. Um, uh, Susan Harkema in Louisville has been doing this research for quite a while. Um, and they both came out of the same lab of Reggie Edgerton in, uh, California, um, who was sort of the father of this idea, um, of using epidural stimulation for spinal cord injury. So all of these have kind of branched out Um, and so I keep my eye on all of these groups and sort of what they're doing. And, um, it's really exciting.
0: Based on our first session, we kind of talked about, um, you know, a couple of different places around the globe that are focused on spinal cord injury research and, um, you know the advancements that have been taking place. I believe in Japan is w- one of the places we focused on. You mentioned Europe. Are there other places um, globally, whether it's the U.S., Canada, um, you know, other countries that are really showing promise in the SCI community and and promise in the research being done?
1: Um. So yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think the the research going on in Japan right now is really cutting edge. Um. And why is that research going on in Japan? Well, one of the reasons is because, um, as I, I had mentioned earlier, the IPS cell technology has, um, the government has, uh, allowed certain exceptions for that research to move forward. And actually IPS cell technology was invented in Japan. So, um, so that kind of makes logical sense. Mm Um, uh, and also I, I mentioned in Europe, there's some really exciting research going on in spinal cord injury. There's some, uh, as I mentioned, Gregoire Cortine's research um, in uh, uh, in epidural stimulation. There's some very exciting research going on in London as well. Um, it has more to do with acute spinal cord injury and whether decompression um, uh, of the actual um, uh, Rather than just taking the bone off of doing a more complete decompression by widening the dura, for example, the dura being the lining that surrounds the spinal cord. There's some exciting research going on in that area. Um, And then also there are a lot of collaborations between Canada and the U.S., Um, Of which there are some uh, exciting things going on again in the area of epidural stimulation, also um, in more simple things like lumbar drainage for acute spinal cord injury. There's some exciting research going on in um, Vancouver. Uh, in that area. And then around the United States, of course, there's a number of, of centers. And there's, of course, there's a lot of research uh, going on that I don't know uh, all yeah. about. Um, I know that New Zealand and Australia have a significant um, investment in, in spinal cord injury research. Um, but I, I'm not as familiar with uh, with all the different things that are going on over there.
2: Cool. If, if you had to pick maybe the the, the most promising the top two or three things what what do you think you would put at the top of the list right now
1: well the top of the list right now is epidural stimulation um and i think it's i'd put that first just because it's here now and it's available um mm. and it's really taken off um as i had mentioned earlier as well though epidural stimulation isn't a cure um it doesn't restore sensory function um, it, can restore and does restore some volitional movement in most patients. I think it will be of benefit to most patients. Um, It does more than just volitional movement as well. We can, um, there's some evidence that it can restore um, dysautonomia or problems with blood pressure Mm -hmm. uh, that occur after spinal cord injury and bowel and bladder function. Um, So I I definitely put that number one. Um, And again, because it's here now and we can put these stimulators into patients. Um, the, I also think that the, um, stem cell research, again, it, it's not as far along as that. Um, but there is this clinical trials that starting in Japan, they've, uh, the last I heard they had enrolled one patient cause they just opened it up. Uh, they were sort of closed down because of COVID, mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll just have to wait and see because um, it's going to take a few years to enroll all the patients and to see how they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's number two. I, I'd say for number three, I mean, the scaffold research that's going on um, and whether. Uh, putting in a, a scaffold to support cells, cell growth, um, is going to be useful. Um, and then there are, there are a few other areas I would say that are important for, but apply more to acute spinal cord injury because you know that's sort of a, a different. Right kettle of fish than chronic spinal cord injury. Um, And so some of the things in acute spinal cord injury are things like lumbar drainage, um, duraplasty um, and whether um, a timing of surgical intervention, like how fast can we get these patients decompressed if they have a compressed spinal cord. Um, Some of that research is is really, really important. Um, But again, when you talk about acute and chronic, they're really two very different things.
0: So what are you seeing? for the future? What do you see? How does the future going to be different given the research that's been going on today? Like, is there, are you confident there is a cure that will be found, um, for the majority of spinal cord injuries or what do you see the future being?
1: Um, Yeah. So, oh, there's one other thing I should mention, too, that I neglected to mention is that there there is a new drug out there that's um, close to clinical trial Mm. um, that basically is in spinal cord injury. The idea is that it's going to take down some of the neural networks that um, surround like the glial scar that forms around the site of injury Mm -hmm. um, and allow um, new neurons to grow new axons Did to grow oral medication across.
2: that you take by mouth
1: mm-hmm. wow yeah so there, there's something that's out there um it's and i it, i know it's coming to clinical trials soon they're just they've developed the drug it just needs to be tested it, that um, sounds so that's something like, i should mention yeah it sounds almost <laughs> yeah.
0: high risk for the the user though because if it, if you're breaking down those you know, those key elements that are protecting or or controlling that, if you are taking those away, they seem like they're at risk. Is that, Part of the worry about that.
1: Great point. Um, And so the first trial in is with any new drug is called a phase one trial, which is for safety. Mm -hmm. So basically they do dose escalation. Mm -hmm. So they'll give patients like a little bit of the drug and see if it has negative effects. And then they can give more more of the drug and then they can test it to see if it actually works. But the first study is always a safety study. So the safety study has not been done yet, Mm -hmm. um, but it's up and coming. So it's sort of on the verge, something else that's sort of cutting edge um, at this time period. Very cool. Um, but I think you actually asked me a different. question. Yeah, I was asking you. more about the future
0: <laughs> of, of what you see coming down the road mm-hmm. um, for those in the SCI community and those doing research in to spinal cord injuries. What does the future look like to you? And do you believe that a, a solution or a, uh, you know, a cure is out there?
1: So I don't think there's one cure. Um, I think as I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, acute spinal cord injury and chronic spinal cord injury. And those are two very different things. Um, And so treatments for acute may not be the same, probably aren't the same as for chronic. Um, Also, there's cervical injuries versus thoracic injuries. Um, There are all kinds of different nuances to spinal cord injury and no two patients are ever exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be more of a toolbox, um, a toolkit, uh, of treatments rather than a cure. And some of those treatments may work in concert with each other. Um, and some may be freestanding. Um, I think that's where the future is headed. I think there are definitely areas of focus, I think, that are going to come out. Um, One of the things I've talked about quite a bit is epidural stimulation. The biggest thing we don't know about epidural stimulation is actually how to optimize the stimulators. Um, I'd mentioned a little bit uh, previously what epidural stimulation actually is, and it's a procedure that's been around for chronic pain uh, for decades, and now it's being applied to spinal cord injury. Um, And uh, we've seen some really great results with it. Um, but one of the things is because it was developed for chronic pain, the actual devices are not optimized for spinal cord injury. Mm. And so we don't really know even what would be optimal. So we need to design new devices Mm -hmm. and we need to partner with some of the companies out there that make these stimulators. Um, we partner with one company now in our, uh, trials, um, not because we're designing new devices, but rather these devices are very expensive, which is another problem. Um, but the company, um, its it, we work with Abbott, and um, they actually donate the stimulators for us for free. Because wow, wow. otherwise we wouldn't be able to afford them. So that's been a really, a really good partnership. I know there are other uh, people that are partnered with Medtronic um, to use, and they use their stimulators. Um, and there is some work by different groups Going on to develop these new stimulators, but that's definitely going to be something that's needed Mm. and is an up and coming area of research.
0: That kind of leads into our next question here, which is really, you know, how how can Rich or I, how can we help? How can we get involved with? um, you know, spinal cord injury research, I mean, can we donate or can we volunteer? Are there ways that we can get involved to help move along research or, um, what have you seen as the best places that we can get ourselves involved in this if we're so inclined?
1: Um, well, there's, there are ways of donating, um, certainly through organizations like MCPF, um, and other, uh, foundations, mm-hmm. uh that direct money towards research, um, and grant mechanisms. Um, there you can also, um, give money directly to a laboratory, um, through doesn't come, for example, to me, it would come through university of Minnesota foundation. Um, so donating money through that is a possibility. Um, as far as, as far as volunteerism goes, um, there are opportunities. Most of them are through foundations, um, The um, I do have volunteers in my lab. Um, They usually are undergraduate students, though, who who have some uh, involvement with the university already.
0: Okay, And if for some reason, some undergraduate student is watching this, they could Uh potentially reach out and and try and, you know, find their way into your program in some way, shape
2: or form. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What about, what about corporations or uh, organizations that focus in this area that you work with that, Hmm. um, you you mentioned a couple that we could donate to, but are there, are there others that are, that are key resources for you, uh, to help keep moving your work along?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've benefited from MCPF and, and their grant mechanism. Um, uh, I've also benefited from the spinal cord society, um, and, uh, I think I, I mentioned in previously that um, I've had a really good relationship with the spinal cord injured community in Minneapolis, and how that came about was um, that we had a mutual interest in approaching the uh, Minnesota legislature um, to move forward a bill that would provide some grant money for traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury research. Um, And we were successful in obtaining that um, and we were I've benefited from that. And um, it really has made a difference Um, that, you know, it's state money that funds some of this the startup. And so, for example, this um, state money had funded East End, which is our epidural stimulation trial run out of Hennepin County. Um, And otherwise, that study would have never started. And, you know, to date, we've implanted, I think, around 18 patients. Um, All have benefited. Um, Everyone isn't up walking again, um, but everybody has benefited at least a little bit um, in many different areas. Quality of life, bowel and bladder, dysautonomia, which, as I mentioned, is, you know, uh, problems with blood pressure regulation after Mm -hmm. spinal cord injury. and all of the patients had have recovered some volitional movement with some, it's just wiggling their toes, but, um, that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah. it makes patients. Like yep. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, it can reduce spasticity, allow people to make, uh, easier transfers. Um, so everybody has benefited from it, you know, and those are patients, those are 18 people that wouldn't have had the opportunity otherwise. Right. So, and again, you know, Abbott Labs, too, has provided these stimulators for us free of charge, Um, and they've made a commitment to provide more moving forward. So we're very grateful to them as well.
0: So how how if I'm just asking a very random question, but how if if I was injured and I was interested in getting involved in one of these trials or, you know, trying to get help and find If I could move my toes, that would be a world of difference to me. How do I get involved or how would I even start to look for ways that I could get involved?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, if you wanted to get involved as a research subject, um, if you wanted to get implanted. um, So right now there are... If you, compared to the number of people out there that have spinal cord injury, unfortunately, there are not a lot of clinical trials out there available. Um, and so we have our website for e um, If you Google it, you can find the website um, and you can register on the website. So basically, you just put in your name, contact information, all of your basic information and and. Um, Many of the patients say, well, I'm not eligible for this because right now e just enrolls people with thoracic injuries Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, within a certain age, blah, 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 all these inclusion and exclusion criteria. But I tell people go ahead and do it anyways because we're we keep this registry. We have you now on our list, and in the future, when we're doing a trial, maybe that is enrolling cervical patients mm-hmm. or uh, patients that you might fit into that category. Then we can find you on that list and contact you.
2: Oh, awesome! That's a great point because this yeah. research continually evolves, and I'm exactly. sure if you took a look 12 years ago at what you'd be doing and what you were doing, and 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 compared it to what you're doing today, it would be nothing like you would have imagined at the time but that's that's the advantage of this research science
0: well awesome i think uh we're about out of time for today's episode but i really appreciate again that you you stopped by and visited with us here everyone uh watching on youtube or vimeo make sure you check out the links in the description Uh, as always you can donate to the morton cure paralysis fund um, via our website Um, And if there's anything you guys would like to see on future episodes or people you'd like us to interview, please feel free to leave a comment below or shoot us an email. Um, We'd love to hear from you. And uh, thanks for listening. And thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.